Good morning, everybody. I'm Kira. I'm also Kira. Welcome to Everything is Interesting, where we take you with us on our crazy adventures through science. And with us, as always, is Jefferson, the gym to our Marlon Perkins. Hi. Today's episode is all about hay fever. Oh. Oh. Ooh, that sounds familiar. Gross. What is happening over there in the studio? That sounds disgusting. <laughs> I wish I could say those were real sneezes. No. Those were pre-prepared, pre-recorded sneezes. Listen, if, if you want a real sneeze, I can conjure one up for you. I probably it's could. A, it's been a serious allergy season. Does it sound familiar to anybody in here right now? Yes. <laughs> well, chances are... Your current state of allergic hay fever is being caused by that tiny, fluffy, cyanus-destroying dust known as pollen. So what is pollen? Well, the technical answer is that pollen is a fine powder made up of the spores from the male reproductive organs of a seed plant, like a conifer or, you know, pretty much any flower out there. And the less technical answer is that pollen is plant sperm that has to float gently through the breeze to find a plant egg to impregnate. Maybe that's why spring is so romantic. It's The air is filled with plant love. And, and plant sperm. Gross. Yeah, plant sperm. Gross. That's yeah. right, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Is it gross? It's nature, people. But for many at this time of year, pollen is the bringer of sinus pressure. Since the instigator of inflammatory response. And the destroyer of any chance we normal people had of breathing like human beings. I worry that that worries, that ruins cherry blossom season. But, you know, keep going. <laughs> it does for me. I love them, well, but I can't see them because of all <laughs> the tears from all my eyes inflaming and all the snot from my nose. So. Right. Gross. Right. Well, let's be fair, though. It's not really Pollen's fault that you feel so crummy when allergy season hits. Didn't like, 87% of us sneeze and wish we could crawl into a hole and die? So why are we not blaming this misery on pollen? Well, so our allergy symptoms are undeniably awful. But while pollen may act as the trigger, it's actually your own body that's making you feel miserable. Do we need to take responsibility for our own sinus <laughs> pressure? Well, yeah. I mean, with great pressure comes great responsibility, right? No, it's power. Sorry. With great power. Ooh. Wrong so, okay. Let's Let's take a look at why that is. I mean, yes, it is true. Pollen is the innocent bystander here, but let's, let's take a look at that. So essentially, when pollen gets sucked up through your nostrils and into your respiratory tract, it has breached the walls of your bodily fortress. <laughs> well, to be fair, your bodily fortress, so we say, is already pretty well guarded. To keep invaders out, it has lots of physical and chemical barriers, like, I don't know, skin, hair, saliva, the mucus in your nose, and the acid in your stomach. But sometimes things like pollen, bacteria, or viruses get past all of these defenses anyways. And when that happens, your local immune system army is ready and waiting to come to your aid. So you're sneezing, mucus-filled, hazy, springtime allergy misery is a result of your immune system army's defensive reactions. All the symptoms you feel, the inflammation, overproduction of mucus, the sneezing, are the result of your immune system's valiant attempts to destroy and expel the invading pollen from your body. So, I don't know, Jefferson, think back to the last time you had, you know, I don't know, the cold or the flu. How did you feel? Bad. In what ways? Accurate. Stuffy nose, uh, tired, 
kind of a little sore. Yep. You know, that, that my, I might have had a fever. I don't know. It didn't feel good. Yeah, it didn't feel good. And, and that actually doesn't sound all that different from the way that pollen makes those of us who have pretty bad hay fever feel. And that's because your immune system has kind of the same response to an allergen like pollen as it does to other invaders like bacteria and viruses. So regardless of the type of invader, the symptoms often manifest themselves similarly. So let's take a closer look at what causes the symptoms. Your body's initial response to an invasion is usually inflammation, something that falls into the category of nonspecific immune responses. And that's basically just what the name implies. In the actions your immune system takes anytime your body is in danger from any kind of invader. It doesn't matter if it's a virus, a bacteria, or a dusting of pollen. I hate inflammation. It feels terrible. When you have the flu or a cold, you may feel like your whole face is slowly filling with fluid and will at some point melt into a puddle of miserable goo. I know I do. But as much as we hate it, inflammation is the result of an intricate and important series of steps that your immune system takes to protect you from dangerous pathogens. So your stuffy nose is actually your body trying to help you get better. So first, in an attempt to both expel the invader and set the stage for repairing the damaged tissues, white blood cells called phagocytes literally eat the invader and poop out the remains. Yuck. Which is cool, I think. I think it's great. Well, the phagocytes... I mean, yay. Jefferson sounds unaffected. Yay for poop. Yeah, you, you still don't, don't even care. That's okay. The phagocytes also release chemical messengers into the affected tissue. These chemicals include something called interleukin-6, which tells the hypothalamus in your brain to turn up your body heat to near feverish levels. The high body temperature, well, sucky for us, makes it more difficult for the invaders to survive and also helps to speed up our tissue repair. So phagocytes also release chemicals like histamine, which you've probably heard of in relation to allergies. Among other chemical messengers, histamine tells your capillaries, which are the tiny vessels that deliver blood to all parts of your body, to change their size and shape, allowing blood to arrive more quickly and easily to the affected areas. And your blood is also chock full of these things called plasma proteins. They're like the repair experts of your body. When they arrive on site, they begin removal of the invaders and also start to repair any damaged tissue. So the increased blood flow to the area is what creates the swelling, the redness, and the pain that we call inflammation. And during allergy season, you breathe in a whole lot of those invading pollens right in through your nose hole. So you experience a lot of inflammation in your nasal mucosa, which is the tissue that lines the inside of your sinuses. In an attempt to capture these foreign bodies that are trying to infiltrate, more and more mucus is produced. And the mucus is then expelled via, I don't know, sneezing, coughing, and that ever-present snot drip that I guess keeps the Kleenex companies in business. So that was all because of histamines. Is that why antihistamines help people feel better? Yeah, and if you can block the majority of the histamines from delivering the message to increase blood and plasma proteins to the tissue, then you can prevent the inflammation symptoms from happening. Ah, hence the big pharma, big tissue conflict. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Big tissue. Yeah, there, is, there can only be one. <laughs> only one is the winner. Big tissue sort of sounds like a bad mascot, guys. Maybe we should never yeah, say that so. again on air. Anyways, let's recap this nonspecific immune response by thinking of it like a battle for control of your bodily fortress. So, as the invading pollen army infiltrates your body through your respiratory system, your immune cells respond by deploying the tried and true strategy of inflaming the area and bringing healing plasma proteins there. Then, 
Phagocyte warriors directly attack the pollen, and chemical messengers scurry around, spreading the word to crank up the heat and the blood supply in your body. They alert the plasma protein crew to begin removing the enemy invaders' bodies, cleaning up the area, and repairing any damage in the process. The battalions of your immune system that are guarding your nasal passages also start ramping up production of mucus to try and flush out the pollen invaders before they can even breach the walls of your bodily fortress. The invaders are then trapped in globs of mucus and catapulted far away from your bodily fortress in a fury of sneezing counterattacks. So this is all well and good. We're cheering you on, immune system. Get those pollen invaders out of here. Okay, hold on. Hold on. We need to talk about something. Oh. There is no reason to go through any of this. You know that, right? I mean, okay, bacteria and viruses are pathogens. They actually pose a threat to our bodies because if they set up colonies and proliferate, that's bad news for us. But pollen isn't like the other invaders in your immune system that you care about. Ah. It doesn't actually hurt you. So all this stuff that your body goes through to try to get rid of the pollen you breathe in is a total waste of time. Uh, right, right. So pollen is kind of like a very unsuspecting group of tourists that sort of just happen to get sucked into your sinuses as they floated along, you know, trying to find that flower to pollinate. They then so find exactly themselves like in a foreign place, beset upon by a ferocious immune system army that mistakes the pollen for a very real, very dangerous invader and does everything it can to destroy and expel them. Yeah, I think of it as like um, it's a little green men from Toy Story cruised onto the set of Independence Day and their ships looked pretty similar to the ones the bad aliens had arrived in. Stranger from the outside. <laughs> as benign as our little green friends may actually be, if they showed up in the midst of the battle for Earth, our armies just wouldn't know any better and they would attack them anyways. So this is how it is with pollen and our immune system. <laughs> oh, it's such a good clip. Have you watched it recently, by the way? No? Nobody had? Okay. It's, the, 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 the animation actually looks kind of dated now. Isn't that weird? I never thought that would happen. Okay, back to allergies. <laughs> Toy Story. <laughs> that was, that was, Who knew? That was a tangent brought to you by Kira. Yes, but thank only you. One sorry. Luckily, okay, so luckily... This this whole attacking pollen thing is not the norm. So only 10 to 30 percent of the global population suffers from seasonal allergies. And if it feels like you're the person that got that extra 20 percent, think about this. Think about how many different kinds of pollen you breathe in every single day. You're not allergic to most of them. That's lucky. And we don't fully understand what causes someone to be allergic to something in the first place. It seems to be up to the immune system's discretion. This is why some people are allergic to ragweed and some are not. If you do have an allergy to ragweed, it means that your body has, for some reason, produced an antibody that specifically recognizes ragweed and has marked it as an invading pathogen. So an antibody is a tool that helps our immune systems, uh, or I'm sorry, our immune cells, recognize repeat invaders. It's a protein that's designed to fit together perfectly on the surface of a pathogenic invader. If a virus was a suspect who was being questioned for vandalism, the antibody would be the fingerprints that we already have on file for him. Match the fingerprints, or sorry, match the file with the fingerprints at the crime scene, and you know you have your man. And the faster you can identify the vandal, the less vandalism he can do, which is why we always keep the fingerprints on file. So fabrication of antibodies is part of our specific immune response, which adapts its strategy based on what kind of invader it's up against. 
To understand how antibodies are made, let's look at what our immune system would do the first time it came in contact with a very nasty little bacterium known as Streptococcus pyogenes, the culprit behind strep throat. So let's say Streptococcus has gotten into your bloodstream. First, your immune system recognizes this bacterium as something that is not self, and also as something that is harmful to your body. So luckily for you, your body is an evolutionary marvel. It's had millions of years to develop an efficient and adaptable team of immune cells that can quickly recognize a specific bacterium and build a line of defense against it. These immune cell teams are kind of like super experienced special forces units, trained to protect against all the various dangerous invaders to our bodies. In fact, these immune cells are so adaptable, they have the ability to recognize and fight over 100 trillion different pathogens. That's a very big number. That's big. Last show, I think we got trillion all wrong. And, and it's, what is it, what, thousand billion? Yeah. That's why, that's why I included it in this so many. show. I was giving, it was a shot at redemption. It, thank you so much for that <laughs> shot. <laughs> we, we had everything is interesting. Know our numbers. Okay, so once the bacterium is identified, your immune system can begin the defense process. First, the streptococcus bacterium is cut up into pieces. Then something called an antigen-presenting protein brings the pieces to special white blood cells called naive T cells and naive B cells. They don't know anything. Yeah. But once they're activated, well, they don't. But once they're <laughs> activated by the exposure to streptococcus pyogenes, these immune cells figure out the best way to destroy it. Kind of like the greatest strategists of our immune system army, our activated T and B cells are now both the specialized and deadly eradicators of the strep bacteria, and can also send signals to other types of immune cells to begin their attack. These T and B cells are part of your lymphatic system, which is why lymph nodes can become swollen and painful when you're fighting an infection or having an allergic reaction. Mm, to amplify the attack, and destroy the whole bacterial colony, the activated T and B white blood cells create the aforementioned antibodies, specifically designed to fit with the streptococcus bacterium like a puzzle piece. The antibodies allow the T and B cells to physically attach onto the bacteria they want to eradicate and either tag it for destruction or destroy it themselves. So kind of going with the whole Independence Day thing again, it's like when Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum's characters use the recovered alien spacecraft to sneakily dock onto the mothership and blow it up. Because the spacecraft was just the right size and shape to fit into the entry port, they got away with it. In this comparison, the spacecraft they fly is the antibody. The mothership full of bad aliens is the streptococcus bacteria, and Smith and Goldblum are your will to live. Look at us. Take a look at the earthling. Goodbye. I'll take care, all right? Number love for you. Number love for you. Peace! I like my will to live. I want them to oh, be Jeff Goldblum. I, you know and what Will else Smith. is dated? That clip. Oh, but it's Sorry. still so good. All right. It's so good, but so dated. So Continue. these antibodies that are now equipped to specifically identify the Streptococcus pyogenes plus the killer T and B white blood cells they're attached to, they're now cloned many, many times. And then many of these clones are sent out to destroy all the members they can find of the Streptococcus bacteria. It's like real Clone Wars, but like instead of like Jar Jar Binks, it's like microscopic yeah, no, stuff. No, no Jar Jar Binks in your body. <laughs> no, no Jar Jar Binks, no. <laughs> yes, yes, you are correct, Jefferson. It's just like Clone Wars. 
And then some of the T and B cell clones are saved in the bloodstream as memory cells that can spring into action the next time the body is invaded by Streptococcus pyogenes. So that's handy. The same way you create these antibodies to fight Streptococcus, you also sometimes create them to fight pollen and other benign invaders. And if that happens, well, now you have an allergy to that specific, actually not harmful, substance. And when that non-harmful substance, like a particular type of pollen, shows up, the pollen-specific antibody that you created to fight it sends your immune system into high gear, complete with all the inflammation, the sneezing, the snot-nosiness that goes with it. So wait, so my body responds to pollen the same way it does to real pathogens, real bad pathogens. How do I know if the symptoms I'm feeling are due to like bacteria or just to like hay fever from pollen? And, and, and if it's one thing, could I train my immune system to not attack the pollen? Good question. I don't know the answer because I am not a doctor. Neither am I. So if you are experiencing symptoms, it's probably a good idea to call your doctor and ask if you need to come in and get tested for an actual microbial infection. And as far as finding out about, you know, if you can train your immune system, that may be a topic for another show, honestly. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The short answer is yes, that's what allergy shots are. And the long answer we'll cover some other time? (laughs) The long answer is yeah, you'll have to wait till the next episode. All right, so as it turns out, pollen is another one of the great cases of mistaken identity. Unknowingly identified as pathogens, they trigger our body's natural response to invading bad bacteria. All those poor trees and flowers, they take all the blame this season, and all they're trying to do is some good old-fashioned sexual reproduction. Oh, tree love. It's so sweet. Actually, I don't know. Sometimes love is kind of like an allergy, I think. Right, Paul Simon? Right, Paul Simon? He's there. He's just got a long intro. Oh, I love you, Paul Simon, even if love is an allergy. Allergies to dust and rain Maladies remedy Still these allergies remain Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Kira. And I'm also Kira. We'll see you next time on Everything is Interesting. Can't touch a guitar string My fingers just burn and ache My head exceeds with my bodily needs And my body won't give it a break My heart can't stand a disaster My heart can take a disgrace But my heart is allergic to the women I love And it's changing the shape of my face Allergies, allergies Something's living on my You're listening to KXRY Portland, 107.1 FM, 91.1 FM, KXRWLP Vancouver at 99.9 FM, streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. That was Kira and Kira. What's up, Kira? Hey. Uh, I was talking to Kira. Hi, uh, hi. I'm what? Kira. Are, Kira, are you an extra member? Yes, I am. How come? Because, it. I don't know, it's great. It's community radio, but it's community radio to like the next level. Do you know what I mean? It feels like 
I don't know, you guys have all the great guests. You, you really involve everybody from the community. It's it's just great. And I want to be a part of it. I mean, I'm a well, part have, of it because I have this show, but I want like to be a part of it always. Kira, are you an extra member? Of course. How come? Because nothing has ever made me feel more a part of Portland than this radio station. Wow. I feel so, I feel so, I'm serious. I am serious. I'm totally serious about that. This, I, I love being connected to everybody. I love that I can turn on X-Ray anytime and feel connected to my fellow Portlanders and, and know that, you know, we all have such similarities and I, I learn great things all the time. I hear great new music all the time. I just, yeah, it's made me really proud of my city. I love X-Ray. I am very proud to be part of this. Absolutely. X-Ray, K-R-X-R-Y. So people can give, become a member to X-Ray. Go to xray.fm, click the blue donate button, call 503-709-9535, 503-709-9535, and become a member. Do it, guys. Do it. You know you yeah, want to. Yeah, do it. It's totally worth it. Plus, we can give you more science. And also some gifts. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. We got presents. It looks like there's an XITM giveaway tomorrow, right? Two pairs of passes to Bridgetown Comedy Fest. And for all yes, new members, you do want those. You definitely want those. Um, and for all new members, you get the standard X-Ray member package, which includes a sticker, a keychain, and a brand new X-Ray tote bag, which I have seen, and it is really cool. What? I haven't seen it. How do I get one? Become a member. Well, we are members. Oh, right. I am a member. I just don't have a tote bag. Get somebody else to become a member and have them give you their tote bag. <laughs> Steal their tote bag. <laughs> He's like, you have to go out of town for a week. I'll take all your mail. Don't worry. But here's why it's good to have two. Do either of you get groceries ever? Yeah. And so have you No, have... I don't eat. Okay. so I don't eat either. <laughs> Some people eat and don't get very many groceries very many times. So when you go get groceries, do you like to use up some bag that a tree made or do you like to bring your own? I, I like to bring my own, okay. or I like to carry it all in my hands like a, a psychopath. Like what? Ki- so what kind of bag do you bring? <laughs> Juggler. Um, let me think. Well, I work at Trader Joe's sometimes. A boring old tote bag. I bring a boring yeah, tote bag with so nothing on it. Those. You usually need more than one bag when you go to the grocery. Yes. And it's useful true. to have a few of them, and one that you can use is the X-ray tote bag. It's only one. You could use others, right. but it's one of the ones you can use. So you can you can collect them all. Is what I'm saying. You, if you can call five zero three. Seven zero nine nine five three five. It's 503-709-9535. Or go to xray.fm. Click the blue donate button. We need a couple more. Thank you, Daniel Lukow. Thank you for your support of X-Ray. Thank you to Kira and Kira. It's a great time to boost your pledge, a great time to give a little bit. If you're a member, make a gift. If you're not a member, become a member. Go to xray.fm. Click the blue donate button. We need two more before the show is over. And we really need your help. I want to say thanks to somebody who's Sort of a big member. Tom Dwyer, all the folks at Tom Dwyer Automotive, Charles Leatherwood, the whole crew. Many thanks to them for their ongoing support of X-Ray. Also, Hosley Eco Automotive. Hosley Eco Automotive located in Vancouver, right downtown. We got some texts in today. Ethylene glycol is the meaning gradient in antifreeze, meaning you don't want to get a heaping plate full of it, or even the main ingredient. Apparently, it's not the meaning gradient. Now, see, if you can't do it on the text, you can't expect us to always get it right on the radio. Ethylene glycol is the meaning gradient, but actually the main ingredient in antifreeze. Ethylene glycol was discovered by factory runoff waste into one of the Great Lakes. In one year, it didn't freeze. Polyethylene glycol is RV antifreeze and a laxative. Can you confirm these things? Whoa. I'm not going to do that on the air. 
You, okay, because I don't know. You're our science people, so if you, you have hit me science, with a science answers, question that I'm not that's ready helpful. to answer, all right, we we would never give you an answer without proper research. Yes, it's that true. is the we scientific wouldn't. way. We got a question from Thomas in Portland. He says, I'm an X-ray member. I gave an extra twenty five bucks last week because I love X-ray and I want that new T-shirt. When can I expect it? So as soon, as, so what we do is as soon as everybody makes their pledges. So we only got a few days left. As soon as everybody makes their pledges makes their gifts, and that finishes. It finishes on Friday. Then the team, led by the intrepid Amanda Brockman, goes out and organizes all that information and creates a bunch of gift packs. And these gift packs, it actually takes a bunch because we'll have some number of 100 uh, people to deliver these things to, and people will get slightly different things. So it's actually sort of a major operation. I'm not going to pick the day. I know that we have a really good track record, and it's, the track record is getting good of you getting them pretty darn soon. I know that it starts immediately. In fact, we do a debrief. We do a debrief. Our tradition here, you don't know this, but the reason why, like we work really hard to do this as best as we possibly can. So what we do, we have a tradition is we stay. I stay in the studio until midnight on Friday when the pledge drive ends. All right. We do a debrief. We usually start the debrief at about 11.15 p.m. That debrief goes until about 1 a.m. where we talk about what went well and what didn't go as well during that pledge drive. So if you give a gift, you can be one of those things that went well. And that that's also when we immediately start figuring out the divvy, figuring out how to get all those things shipped. That's how it works. And if you wanted to call in and help, if you wanted to call the pledge line because you wanted to help deliver stuff or help organize that task, we'd love your help. 503-709-9535. 503 Seven zero nine Also, I wanted to thank another Tom that's out there who had sent the text in. Is there any evidence that you can train your immune system to not attack pollen? We, um, we will look into that, and we will go ahead and post a follow-up on our website, everythingisinteresting.org, by the end of this week. So thank you, Tom. All righty. Well, we want to say thanks to our sponsors. We'll take just a very quick break. We'll come back with what did we learn. I want to say thanks to Kira and Kira. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. We love being here. We do love it. And if you want to support Everything is Interesting, do become an X-Ray member. Do call 503-709-9535. That's 503-709-9535. Or go online at xray.fm. Click the blue donate button. We'll be back in just a second. 